Hey, John. Hey, Danny. Man, I'm Who do we have tonight. lined up tonight? Oh, yeah. So I meant to talk to you about that. I didn't actually line anyone up um, tonight. Um, we had what? Sh- we had Sherman. Uh, we had Falcon. We've had um, Bartosh. Um, and yeah, I just, Innes. Innes, uh, of course, boss baby. That's easily himself. forgettable. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I didn't line anyone up. So we're going to have to actually try this episode and do our own segments and things. Um, what the fuck dude it's okay uh because we can talk about you know the dark angels codex the death uh, guard codex i mean we can even fall back into old crutches like you know best worst characters ever like i think that's right. a solid plan just pander solid pandering the whole time Always pandering. Uh, that's kind of <laughs> ABP, buddy. Always be pandering. Yeah, I was going to say ABP, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Mob Rules. I'm John, joined, of course, by uh, Danny. And today we we don't have anyone lined up. Uh, we decided to take a break. Uh, not that we're going away from the interview format altogether. Um, it's just, uh, man, a lot has happened this month. It has been, a, or last month even, it's been a jam-packed January. A January of things that happened. January. <laughs> um, so yeah, usually I'll, that's just discounts from your mom, John. <laughs> that is very fair. She's very generous this time of year, especially with the economic situation with COVID. Um, right. But yeah, so while we had those great conversations with Ennis and, and Colin Sherman and Falcon, or the Penguin, I guess is is what we get to call him now. <laughs> that's um, his new name. That's his new name, uh, which we'll call him, and no one will understand because no one listens to this. Um, we wanted to kind of get back and talk about some major things that have happened in the hobby this past month. There is the hell yeah, fun gi- stuff too. The giant FAQ came. Uh, my main army got a new book, and I have to relearn how to play um, as it is very different now. <laughs> and then, uh, good thing you don't have any events coming up or anything, right? <laughs> That's right. Oh, we'll, oops. We'll, we'll talk about the event that we have coming up up here <laughs> that I have to learn how to play this army for. Um, and then, yeah, that Dark Angels got their book. So we are now mm-hmm. officially one Space Marine chapter away uh, from never having to have a Space Marine book released for six months. <laughs> Just wait till the campaign books come out, John. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, everyone needs their own spell. Oh my God, there is going to be so many Crusade books coming out for Space Marines. <laughs> That's okay. But yeah, so we're going to have yeah. a refresher episode uh, after like literally months of being asked because I don't think we've done a worse character um, since COVID like really got bad for a long time. For a yeah. long time. So after. Literally being asked every week by people, uh, we're returning uh, with that, but we're putting it at the end of the show so you guys have to listen. And no, I don't do show notes that help by telling you timestamps. But towards the end uh, is going to be the best way I can describe it. Nice try, slackers. (laughs) Yeah, nice try. You have to suffer through us to suffer through us. Um, But before we get to that, Danny, it's been two weeks. Uh, We're recording a day early, but that's okay. There's cool reasons for that. Um, but there is, which we'll go into later. Which we'll go into later. It's certainly not gas based. Haha, <laughs> take that. Um, yeah. <laughs> what have you been? So up if to? you guess that, you're wrong. <laughs> wrong as shit. You lost the mob rules bingo. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so hobby stuff. Uh, John, what have you been up to? Oh, me? Oh, I got to start? Oh, I... Yeah, man. Oh, so, okay. Uh, I finally got a day off. Um, my, my, my work has changed. So this past two weeks has been um, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> me living, living at my job pretty much. Um, but I finally got a day off on Sunday. So I decided to fire up the old 3D printer. Nice. Um, to try and print out some uh, flash mowers uh, for uh, my death guard. Um, of course, uh, massive failures uh, all three <laughs> times. Um, and I think it's just I'm entering the wrong settings uh, for the resin. Uh, so okay. I just need to go back and get in and take a look. Um, very excited for it, though. I see like lots of promise uh, and kind of the, when I get it, I feel it's going to be super good and super quick. Um, I have an Elegoo Mars Pro. Uh, and when people, ask, uh, my wife asked why I got the pro, I'm like, cause it said pro to be honest with you, but then kind of like <laughs> reading the reviews after buying it, like the, the difference is the pro comes with a metal tank. Um, whereas the regular oh, okay. one comes with a plastic tank, which can break and destroy the very expensive screen. Um, but dude, it's, Oh, then yeah, it's good. the coolest thing. So these resin printers, they have like a LCD screen on the top and the resin vat sits on top of it. And then ultraviolet light kind of blinks from that screen and causes the resin to harden and lift up layer by layer by layer. Um, so it kind of like specifically cures. So for the flesh more, was going to print, it's like 1,200 layers. Um, Holy shit. So the detail is going to be amazing. I just got to get it dialed in and got to get it figured out. Um, I painted up the new Death Guard poop furnace. I got, oh, I got, yeah, that thing looks dope, dude. I got that guy finished up. It's, it's amazing. It will never leave my list, even though, man, I could, you know, 75 points of Poxwalkers would be way better. Uh, Did you I'm, put it on our Facebook page? I didn't. No, I, well, I will now before this. Um, oh, yeah. I also got the Lord of Virulence <laughs> up to sort of like a tabletop standard. Uh, there's still some things I kind of want to do to him. Um, oh, cool. But he's such a great model. Holy cow. Like the dripping plague fist. Um, like the skin cloak thing going around. Uh, so I'll be running him in my next game just to kind of get some use out of him before I remove him for something optimal. Um, you know, I- I'm glad to hear that even his power fist has a cold. It does. It does. It has boogers uh, running down it. They're yellow boogers now. <laughs> um, I put some three color minimums onto uh, my Chaos Sorcerer and Terminator armor. I think my new favorite unit in the Death Guard book. Nice. We'll talk about that later. Um but I ordered uh, from GW Prime more Death Shroud, uh, a Chaos Sorcerer kit, the Ten Terminator armor kit. I ordered a Blight drone and or a Bloat drone and also a Plague Surgeon uh, about three weeks ago. Um, as okay. of recording, uh, my most recent order, which is the Death Shroud and the uh, Chaos Sorcerer and Terminator armor, uh, has shipped. Uh, the others nice. have not. Uh, so, so they're on the way. Aww. But I was like, man, I'm going to hate to proxy in my next game because I don't like doing that. So when I was looking for my greater blow drones, my Forge World guys, um, I actually found the old event exclusive Chaos Sorcerer and Terminator armor. You know, the one that has like the blood letter coming out of the hand. Oh, yeah. Cool. The demon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the demon one. So I, I I threw purple and gold in him and made like the demon fire. Uh, so he's good to go. So at least I now like have a sorcerer ready. Um, legit? Legit. Yeah. I... I continued painting my blight lord terminators which are kind of my achilles heel for death guard i've been trying to finish that unit for about seven months now and i don't know why i can't do it like every time i start i lose interest really quickly but i love like the terminator models i love the range i've painted six death shroud i'm in the middle of painting three more like but i just i can't finish it and i don't know why so i'm like forcing myself to go through that it's painful um i ordered a bunch of swag uh right now i'm wearing my las vegas nopen uh hoodie 
Uh, super nice. comfortable, very wonderful thing. I picked up the Objective Markers 2 from 3D6 Wargaming. Uh, Same. They're, they're helping out some really good chat. Danny, how many sets of 3D6 Wargaming Objective Markers do you have now? Four. Is it only four? I yeah, I got two for I got two mob rolls once. Charity Hammer. And I got Charity Hammer, and I've got nope. this one that I just picked up. I thought you had like open way more than that. Man, look at me being no. dick. Oh. I'm very stingy. I, back- I got a beanie too. I like that. I yeah. saw that and I got it. Uh, oh yeah, I didn't with get an the open. Beanie. Um, and then yeah, that's that's pretty. Much, I said that's all I've done, but that's been pretty much that's a lot. Um, oh, and it's I actually can, quite a bit, John. Dang. I continued listening to Buried Dagger, um, which is phenomenal oh, so far. It's really good. It's really good, and it's kind of like there's so much like obvious foreshadowing where you're like, oh, yeah, ty- ty- Typhon, <laughs> you dick. Like through like I'm about halfway through and all I can like every time Typhon opens his mouth, I'm like, you dick, you know what you're doing. Why? <laughs> and then like Mortarian, you idiot. And I'm just like, it's great because like I know what's coming. And I think that's why I'm enjoying it. Like yeah. I know how it's gonna end. Like everyone knows how the Death Guard become the Death Guard and how Mortarian ascends. And this book is kind of like the last real heresy book, and it kind of tells that story. Um and I'm like, oh, but they keep pulling it away. Like they translated to the warp. I'm like, oh, and they came out and like, oh, and then they try to like, oh, it's just, <laughs> it's super cool. And then there's like real subtle references throughout like Mortarian. Like he always does this thing seven times. And I'm like, oh, that's a Nurgle thing. Right. Uh, or like, yep. this is always happens. I'm like, oh, that's a Nurgle thing. Um, nothing yet about clock maintenance though. So like, I think that comes in like Mortarian's <laughs> later years. I think he actually went to, he took a community college course on <laughs> yeah. that watch repair, but then he remembered it was like the 35th millennium and no one has watches anymore. So he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to make it cool. Uh, well, that's quote unquote, I'm taking it back. All I've been up to, Oh, I'd be making lists in the Warhammer 48k army builder. Um, I really enjoy it. I know it's not for everyone. There's a couple of things I don't like, like I can't do the, the pathogens, um, on the army builder yet. Or I can at least find a way to yeah. add the things. But for what it is, like the the sheer, they added copy paste, which was like my only real complaint. Because when I'm making like big units, usually I duplicate them and they're, the weapon changing is a little clunky. Um, but the ability, yeah, yeah. The ability to like, if I'm making a battalion and I have all my units in there and then I'm like, shit, I can only fit a patrol ability to go in and unplace all of those units and just delete the attachment or detachment and add another one in and add everyone back in is so amazing. I mean, I'm sure battle scribe is going to add it eventually because it is so mm-hmm. useful. Um, but like that alone is sold it for me. It definitely makes it easier to like switch around your army a bit instead of having to delete basically everything and then re-add it all back in. Or yeah, the old battle scribe standard of it says battalion, but it's actually a patrol. Which right, is of course. Which is how nine tenths of list mistakes happen when you have like four like four uh, troop units in that patrol because <laughs> you just retyped it in. Um But Danny, you also have had a busy week. Uh freelancing on the uh, side. Well, what are you been Freelancing. Up to? Yeah. Oh did, yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's set up for you. Um, well, yeah, speaking of freelancing, uh, I did, uh, I helped with the Nopen this week, uh, with play on tabletops, uh, one of their games. I was the, uh, table boss, uh, which was pretty, which was super fun. 
Um, always good to like actually talk like and have a good reason to talk to JT. Although you don't need a great reason to talk to him. He's just like the, one of the coolest guys I've ever met in my life. Like one of my so, favorite Vegas memories is just sitting oh my at the God, bar dude. at two in the morning talking to JT and watching <laughs> watching Danny very confusedly watch me nerd out at like JT saying things like heel and mark and da 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 and I'm like <laughs> Yeah, your face, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, let's see. Hung out with uh, or or did that on Saturday or Saturday afternoon. Um, I played in my Rogue Trader game that I'm playing, uh, like via distance with a couple of guys, including one of our listeners, Kyle, who's the the freaking man, the best. Um, he's just the best. Um, and then he was actually there for that whole conversation too. He hung out with us yeah. that whole night. Like yeah. he said, yeah, he was, yeah, what a, what a boss. Um, anyway, uh, he helped so us find that. our way in the back alleys of fake Europe in <laughs> Vegas. Yeah. If it wasn't for him, I totally would have been assaulted by some kind of uh, French, uh, pimp, I'm sure. in some of the back alleys of Paris, of, of Paris, right? I yeah. would have been stuck in Gordon Ramsay's restaurant because that's all I could find. <laughs> you would have had to buy a sixty dollars steak, <laughs> <laughs> the child steak for sixty dollars, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so I've been doing that. Um, I have been playing some tabletop simulator games. Um, I think I played. Let's see, I played one game with the new Dark Angels, um, which was pretty fun. Um, we'll talk about that probably a little bit later. Um, I played four games with Death Guard. Yeah, you've been um, getting in. So yeah, which has been great. It's been uh, really fun to play that. I finally won one, oh. um, which was which was good. <laughs> uh, it gives me great hope when you else. go three and one uh, with Death Guard. It gives me amazing <laughs> hope. Uh, we played so a one game. One and three, John. <laughs> oh, one and three. Still amazing. Hope. And then yeah, we played a game. We, yeah. we did play a game. Yeah, you came over and I ran some Death Guard uh, headfirst into the Silent King. You did. Uh, more, you ran Mortarian almost headfirst into the Silent King. They almost fought. They almost did. Um, but the Silent King is a little bit too tactical to take on Mortarian one-on-one. Yes. Uh, while Mortarian advanced <laughs> east, the Silent King went the fuck west. <laughs> <laughs> Get me out of here. His I'm Roomba. the Silent King. Um, <laughs> Roomba scooted along. Uh, um, but that was a great game John and I played. Um, it was super good to play a game in person, which is always the best way to play. Um, what else? Uh, I started to organize a club-only tournament um, yeah. that we're going to have. I even, um, I'm able to make that with my new schedule, which I'm very excited about. I'm very about. excited yeah. about this. Yeah. Like This is going to be a good-ass time. Um, I need to make sure we have eight people. Yep. So our plan um, is we, uh, Odani rented out a store on the day it's closed. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. invite, uh, eight people total to play a one day RTT. Uh, we are bringing thermometers, um, have a COVID questionnaire and having mask wearing being mandatory. Um, but mainly yep. just bringing, uh, six of our closest friends together to throw dice in a way that doesn't make me accidentally flip tables when I hit space. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be the day after I take the LSAT. Uh, so um, it'll be pretty awesome to get a break again. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, that has been, 
I think that's everything I've been doing. I feel like there's more that's going on, but um, nothing related to wargaming, I guess. I've just been busy with life, too. Um, yeah, so a lot of COVID preparation and stuff like that at work, So, um, which has been a little intense, Yeah. Um, but fun, but fun in a good way. You've gone all through preparation A through G. Um, let's hope preparation <laughs> H... I'm ready for the H. It is ready to go. My B-hole. Heck yeah. It's tender. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna take a quick break then. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some Death Guard. Dude, I'm the best. I took first place at another tournament. First off, stop with the thunder and lightning. You don't impress me. And second, let me check out the BCP rankings. And I don't see you on there. What? Your TO needs to download the Best Coast Pairings app and run events on it. After the event, the results are uploaded into BCP rankings, and the best part, it's easy and free. But I play multiple game systems. No big deal. The BCP app can be used for any game. A ton of events every weekend are using it, from major international tournaments to local stores. And now that it's available on Android devices, you're going to have some serious competition. There can be only one. BCP Rankings is a fun and exciting way to measure how you or your team stack up. No matter what you play, your score goes to an overall ranking. Or compete to be the best in a game, a circuit, a region, or the world. Download the app or visit www.bestcoastpairings.com for more info. Best Coast Pairings. Are you the best? Man, and we're back. And for the first time even, we did this perfectly without even having to redo anything. Hey, not even once. Not even once. You know who has an amazing 40K mind? Is it Ennis Wilson? It is Ennis Wilson, captain of Team oh. Scotland. Uh, <laughs> a great all-around person. Boss baby, uh, yeah. as Peter the Penguin Calismo is trying to get over as a term. True. Um, and, and just has a great mind for how 40K goes. So while Danny's coaching service, which you can subscribe for at our Patreon, if you search under Patreon for Mob Rules, free access to Danny's coaching service, only $5 a month, mm-hmm. um, is just get good. Uh, Ennis is coming up with some game theory to really help you maximize your game and actually get some use out of this podcast to help you get better. Um, so Yeah, for, definitely take a listen. Take a listen to this uh, amazing little segment for our newest Mob Rules correspondent, Ennis Wilson. Hi, everyone. My name is Ennis Wilson, and I'm happy to be working with John and Danny to bring you guys a new segment, which is named Pending. This series will be attempted to cover a range of aspects around the general theory of Warhammer 40,000. I hope you all find that as interesting as I do, as it's one that is quite uncommon to hear people talking about. The first of these topics is a basic rundown on what skill in 40k actually means. We've all heard a lot of nebulous ways to define it, and it varies massively from player to player, so I've done my best to distill it down to a few elements, specifically based on things you do at the table. So we're not looking at things like meta awareness and list building, as they are not things that you can actually impact while you're standing at your for, at your 60 by 44. These also aren't organized in terms of importance, as that will change based on your perspectives of the game. The first of these is rules knowledge, which is your own rules and also those of your opponents. The second is a general awareness of probability, which is how likely events are to happen, and an ability to compare between multiple options and decide your path. Third is prediction skills, which is what is your opponent going to do in situations, whether that's one that you are attempting to create or one that you have created and are needing to adapt to. Next is reaction, which is your ability to respond to what is and isn't happening and adaptation to those situations. Next we have planning, which is understanding your path to victory and conceiving of actions to take to get there. 
Micro is moving or placing your models well. Macro is your general game plan on how you execute it. Target priority is what needs to do what, both in terms of combat, whether that's shooting or uh, actual close combat, and also just being places, such as positioning for engaging all fronts or objective play. And finally, we have repetitions, which is how many times you've been in a similar situation to draw upon your experience. As a player, you're going to have strengths and weaknesses in all of these areas, and good players can be great at some and terrible at others. I've definitely seen top players who get by by being incredible at one or two of these skills and middling at best at the rest, and that's not a bad thing. Understanding your strengths and limitations around you allows you to work around them and develop strategies to mitigate them and to rely heavily on your strengths, which if you're just better at them by making a game on your terms, that's how you win games. Different armies and playstyles react differently to different types of skills, and that might be why you're finding success with an army that's completely different to what you'd normally play. It can also be why minor changes in list style can drastically impact your win condition, and also why most top players just don't agree on what to play. If you're looking for a new project, a way to find something that will fit for you can be to look at the skills that your current army requires and finding one that requires a similar set of skills, or to look for one with very different requirements that will push you beyond your comfort zone. Being good at just a small subject these things can be enough to take you really far, but they're all important in taking yourself to the top. But if you're just getting started at the whole improvement and self-criticism thing, I suggest focusing on your game knowledge and your micro as well as repetitions. Having that solid foundation in place will let you better adapt to the specific areas you might be weak in and to focus on those that you're doing really well at. Game knowledge also has the advantage of you being able to work on it away from the table easier than any of the others. So for me, for example, every couple of days I'll just crack open a codex I'm not super familiar with and have a quick read of the stratagems list, a couple of the key units and maybe like the warlord traits, just to make sure I have a working understanding of the faction. Now, I'm not saying that you all need to be doing 40k homework every day, because that's excessive, but talking about the game with friends and keeping up to date with what's happening will make you a better and more well-rounded player. If you're not making mistakes in where you put things and you know what your stuff does, it's a lot easier to develop the rest of the down the rest of the line. No perfect list is ever going to solve your problems, so get out there and focus on cutting down mistakes and getting reps in, but remember that making mistakes is a natural part of the development process, the key is not to make the same mistake twice. Try and keep a mental note after a game, whether you win or lose, as to what went right and what went wrong for you. And remember, this cannot involve the dice, you are better than that. This means that every game will influence how you play the next one, as you're always learning, you'll always be getting better. I've been Innes with this As Yet Unnamed segment. Back to you, John and Danny. Man, thank you, Innes. Uh, some great advice going in there. Um, and excited to have, and well, sort of excited to have Boss Baby on the podcast, Danny. Um, sure. One that makes me now the third best death card player on the part podcast, um, <laughs> which, uh, which, uh, seeing as that's my only army right now, uh, super demoralizing. That's cool. Uh, when you go do my 40 K homework and read some books. Um, but yeah, all, and on the plus side, it now means you are outnumbered, uh, by Scottish people on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, you know, swing swings and roundabouts. They're, they're all over the place there. <laughs> It's okay. As long as you guys don't, as long as I know how you feel, I know how you feel about this, but as long as you guys don't start wearing like utilicilts and shit, we'll be, we'll be fine. Fuck no. But I'm going to be going to LVO next year. We're in a kilt with a dice bar and uh, that's the only way to really do it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Death Guard, they got their new book after a month of delays, supposed to be out in December. Uh, thankfully, due to COVID lockdowns, that was pushed back a little bit. And it finally came out mm -hmm. the, the start of January. And man, what a book. Um, it was not what I was expecting, um, to be totally honest with you. 
Uh, some okay. The, yeah, fair enough. Some of the rumors that were going around about disgustingly resilient changing to minus one damage came true. Uh, Mortarian mm-hmm. being just a monster uh, that came true. Um, and a lot of really good warlord traits and some redone powers. Um, but the way the army's constructed and plays is really fundamentally changed. Uh, and all of the crutches and, and things I used for lack of skill last year are now no longer a thing. Um, <laughs> go- gone is my blight bombardment, mortal wound bomb replaced by uh, Harbinger Pox Walkers, um, mortal wound bombs. Um, and gone sure. are a lot of other little tricks and things that happened before. Uh, tempered down uh, a few other units and tempered up a few other ones as well. Danny, what are your takes on uh, Codex Death Guard? Well, I mean, overall, I think your statement that it's fundamentally changed is pretty accurate. Um, I think that there's, there, like, the way that they've changed the army construction now in that you have a lot more uh a lot more things you have to do a lot more criteria you have to meet before you can take certain units um like you can't just take pox walkers car uh you know car blanche you have to like actually take uh you know core units before you can take pox walkers and pox walkers aren't also core units so um, it kind of makes them a limited factor. However, their new rules are just excellent for Poxwalkers. Like, they are a vast improvement over what they were before. They are now um, base toughness four. They have a six yep. up, feel no pain. That's standard. They still have their seven up save. Their attacks are no longer hitting on fours, only if they are in a large unit. Um, they yep. hit pretty hard, and they have a couple of really nice stratagems that translated across from um, War of the Spider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mutant strain stratagem is great, and it's not limited only to harbingers anymore, um, which is pretty nice. Um, just gives them. Was it limited to harbingers only last time? I don't remember. Um, it doesn't I, matter. It, it yeah, was, everybody can use it now. Yeah, right? it, it, I don't think it was limited to harbingers before. A mutant strain is uh, when you roll to hit uh, a six is a mortal wound uh, to your opponent. A one is a mortal wound to you. Um, yep, and importantly, after the fight phase is over. Right after the so with all rerolls and all other kinds of fun stuff, so that's why it pairs up really well with the the Harbinger's uh, specific stratagem of rerolling all hits and misses for Pox Walkers. Because being that they are not a core unit anymore, there is not a lot of ways to get them rerolls. Right. In fact, I don't think there's any way other than that stratagem, which is which is neat. Which is good because um, yeah, for five points. Right, exactly. And they dropped what two points a model, something like that. Yep. So like a significant drop in points. Um, so they definitely got better. Cultists got a lot worse. Which I think um, is something we're going to see carried on through uh, Thousand Suns and Chaos Codex as well. Yeah, yeah. So they want you to take Chaos Space Marines and Chaos Space Marine Armies, which is good because that's what you should be taking as your troop choices. The Cultists should just be a filler. Um, we have the uh, the new rules for the taking tr- the elite characters as well. That- oh, yeah. Defended Viron is great is a great rule. Uh, since Death Guard have so many different little support characters, it's nice not to have to spend all your slots. It makes it easier for you to take like a patrol, right? Which um, is something they want to seem to encourage you to do with the Lords of the Death Guard rule, right? So Lords of which the is Death- a weird rule. It's a weird um, one. I think I can see it being FAQ'd a little bit, like not hugely, but right now as it stands. Uh, you can only take one character per detachment who has the Lord of the Death Guard keyword, real similar to how Tau Commanders used to be. The only yep. the only characters in the book that do not have that keyword 
are uh, Chaos Space Marine Sorcerer and Terminator Armor. Uh, regular Sorcerer gone, uh, removed from the book. And then mm-hmm. also the, um, the the Poop Sorcerer, whose name escapes me. This Oh, the Malignant <laughs> Playcaster. Um, yeah, those, those are the only <laughs> two. So if you want to run a battalion of pure Death Guard... Uh, you are now unable to take one of those uh, secondaries uh, for having a board of the witch because uh, you have to take a psyker in order to kind of fill out the battalion. And um, being with like yeah, the, def- the lore of the Death Guard of not loving psychers all that much, or at least Mortarian well, doesn't. Well, I mean, he's a yeah. little bit more fond of them now, but um, it's kind of a now weird that he way. is one. <laughs> yeah, you love it. You gotta, you gotta love it when you are. <laughs> Uh, it's sort of a, a weird way to construct. And like when it comes to army construction with Death Guard, it is so hard. Like I can't remember how many lists I've sent where after I'm saying like, wait, shit, no, that's illegal. Um, because again, you have the Lords of the Death Guard rule where you can only take one of these per detachment. And some of these characters are amazing. I will say rather interestingly, I haven't made a single list with the Demon Prince yet. Yeah, you know, I think he's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand why you haven't. Like the, I really like Lords of Contagion, and uh, the Lord of Virulence is good too. Um, so yeah, I think there's some good choices there for sure. So with the HQ things and that happen, and then the new rule is for like Danny was saying, you can only take one unit of Poxwalkers for every core Death Guard unit you take. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is right now. Death Shroud, um, uh, the other Terminators, the Blightlord Terminators, your Plague Marines, Possessed, um, I believe are your four core choices. Um, so really sort of limit. Are Possessed core? I don't remember. Possessed or core. They probably are. Possessed yeah. or core. Okay, cool. Um, so that's like a good option for like a quote unquote cheap core option. But mostly what we're seeing in the army list that they're coming up for Death Guard is the, the rise of the Terminator. Right. Their Terminators are just excellent. Um, very tough for their points. Uh, you know, three wounds, minus one damage, toughness five, four up invulnerable save. They're not as slow as they were. Like, they're not movement four, they're movement five, and they don't, they can advance um, without suffering really any penalty. Yeah. So, and then there are the new stratagem, uh, Plague Flails, a thing of the past. Another thing I leaned on heavily with the spillover damage. Spillover damage is now a stratagem for uh, any infantry unit for Death Guard or any right. core Death Guard infantry unit, which means when you combine it with something like the Death Shroud, where you can maybe swing with those higher damage attacks with the better AP, but still not right. lose out on any wounds. So it gives you like a lot more flexibility and makes those Death Shroud way more viable. Um, they do lose the ability to tank wounds for Mortarian, as they should, because they are tiny little men, and he is giant. He's a demon Primarch, yeah. He's a giant moth dude. Um, but overall, Death Shroud, amazing. Uh, real big winners out of that book. I feel like every single game, I've gotten use out of their uh, uh, their bodyguards ability, especially like just sticking a foul blight spawn like literally in front of the unit. Um so that like, cause they have a rule bodyguard where nobody can shoot a, a character that's within three inches of them, even if there's only one of them left. Um, so I usually stick like a foul blight spawn, like literally in front of the unit. So if you want to charge him, like the, uh, uh, the death shroud can heroically intervene to you because I usually have been playing the Mortarian's anvil uh, company. Um, but that also means that you can't charge the death shroud without also getting strikes last or reducing all of your charge benefits from the, 
revolting stench vats relic that is ubiquitous on that character yeah and there's a lot of auto take relics the stench vats which kind of give it its old rule uh its new rule is much similar to the judiker uh for like picking yep. one unit to to fight last whereas the the relic gives it sort of more uh, an ability closer to its old rule um some other standout relics man there's a lot there's a lot of good relics. there's so many good ones i'll tell you like when i'm making a list it's really hard not to spend all my cp on relics uh <laughs> the replacement man reaper blade for the lord of contagion just amazing um oh, okay that one's good super good uh the full uh, fulgaris's helm uh has a huge yeah, helm is dope. Uh, you guys are going to see a lot of full garris's helm plague surgeons going around that's kind of like the yep. common cool guy thing to do uh the tally man has an amazing relic as well and what's nice is a lot of yep. these are no longer plague company locked um right which, which again is super super nice um the other and thing the plague company relics have some good ones in there too uh like the the uh plague fly hive for mortarian's anvil for instance is re-roll to hit and to enrolls for the bear um so on a demon prince or lord of contagion with a big choppy axe that's pretty brutal yeah absolutely and each uh, of the plague companies that we first saw in war of the spider are present in this book they've been simplified mm-hmm. down to be one warlord trait one relic and one stratagem um what are some of your favorites well the warlord traits specifically are pretty interesting because they key off of the contagions rule and each of them has a different contagion. There's probably like three of the seven that are like really good contagions for the warlord traits. Um, and those ones, of course, are uh, the gloomy bloat from Mortarian's Anvil with no reroll to hit or to wound rolls for enemy models within uh, contagion range. Um, and then also uh, uh, the droning is uh, half movement. Uh, and then I forgot what the name of the one is that is. Uh, uh, minus one AP for weapon attacks on enemy units that are within six inches of the bear. I think that one's pretty good too, actually. That, that one is really good. I have uh, gravitated, as many others have, as I'm a terrible netlister, to the ferryman, uh, which before yep. this this edition uh, was not the kind of number one chosen play company. Uh, their warlord trait slash contagion is a half movement to your enemy while you're within contagion right. range, um, which just makes it really gross. Um, which if you position it right, it means that your opponent can never get out of heroic intervention range. Um, it means that they're struggling to like, if they choose a secondary, that's like uh, getting a line breaker or, or anything like that, they're going to struggle huge, uh, because there's ways there's stratagems where you can move that warlord trait about your army to get it to where it needs to right. be. Um, just a lot of really cool stuff that you can do with those guys. Rotten Constitution, I think, would be my favorite Warlord trait, though, out of all of them. Oh, that one's really good. That's one of the base Warlord traits. Uh, it doesn't necessarily tie to a play company, but it's you ignore AP minus one and two, and you add one to your toughness, um, which is just a... Oh, and uh, yeah, which is a great combo. And on a Lord of Contagion, uh, where you're in Terminator armor, you're ignoring AP one and two, your toughness six, your minus one mm-hmm. damage... It makes him really <laughs> freaking annoying to the point where I think Danny in our game, you had to shoot one of the Silent King's manners at him uh, in order to get him off. That is what happened. That because, is exactly yeah. That, that's the only way. And like, you shouldn't have to like dedicate an entire man here to like one dude, um, just sort of hanging out in the backfield. But generally, a very tough army. Uh, but again, a very tough to play army too. 
I don't think it's an easy army to play. Um, it's definitely kind of a real shakeup from like the Necron list that I've been playing. Um, that has a lot of wounds. Um, so it's like a different kind of durability that I'm not super used to playing yet. Um, but I'm definitely going to be giving them more shots. Um, it's interesting to see some of the units that are that were like pretty bad before, like entropy cannons on plague burst crawlers and uh, blow drones with flesh mowers, uh, getting breathing some new life into those 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 units, um, which is great. I'm always happy to see new things being relevant. Yeah. So you've played some games with Death Guard. You played against Death Guard. Uh, what are your key takeaways from the army now? Like I said, it's it's harder to play. Um, it's kind of uh, harder to kind of. It's a different play style. In your opinion, kind of what is like a really good Death Guard army for someone to play, and how does it beat a Necron list? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, so I think that like you kind of have to be relentlessly advancing all the time, um, uh, and you want to try and avoid. I, I feel like you want to try and avoid uh, secondaries that are gonna, that are like pushing to get in your opponent's deployment zone. Um, cause your opponent has a lot of really easy ways to just kind of say like, no, thanks. I don't want you in here. Um, assuming they're not playing like a total idiot. Right. Um, <laughs> fingers crossed that they are. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> but the, yeah. So I think, uh, you want to try and hug cover as much as possible, just like any kind of other, cause ne- cause they have changed from, I don't know. They were, I guess they were kind of a shooting army before this. And now they're like a close range shooting army. And now they're more like a, an assault army. That's also really tough that you just don't, you don't want to have to fight them in close combat because when you do, you're probably going to lose just because they have so many debuffs on all your things that it's going to be, it's going to be really difficult to kind of get away from, uh, uh, from the, the debuffs they're going to put on you. I mean, we're still seeing some of the typical chaos struggles against sort of like high toughness things. Um, but like, for example, sort of in our game, like anything, those Death Shroud touch kind of disappeared um, outside yep. of like giant robots uh, that, that I can't really deal with. Um, so, yeah, definitely moving to a more assault based army. What's your one favorite unit from the book? We're going to we're going to say our favorite unit and then we'll move on to Dark Angels here. Uh, Death Shroud probably are my favorite unit. Death Shroud. Why, why Death Shroud? Well, okay, so they're tough. They hit like a like a ton of bricks. I mean, even three guys put out, um, what like thirteen, 13 strength attacks. seven attacks, or twenty six, um, or yeah, right, or they make yeah exactly they make twenty six attacks at strength five, so they can like just blender anything. Um, the amount of buffs and stuff that you can put on them, their core, their bodyguards, their um, they're in Terminator armor. Like they just, they fit all of the niches. The only thing they don't have going for them is objective secured, which I think is probably the biggest weakness of the book. Right. Because um, but, only two units in the book are objective secured, which is the Pox Walkers and the Plague Marines. And there is right. no way to give anything else objective secured. Which, right. Or I don't even think there's a way you can take away objective secured no, either. Is there? No. So you're going to struggle in that aspect yeah. of it. Um, but at the same time, with how durable it is and how quickly you're looking to move up the table, any more objective secured would be broken. Like Death, death Shroud being objective secured just means that I'm taking 15 Death Shroud every game and just dropping them on right. an objective. Uh, so it's a good bit of balance. For me... Yeah. Which, which is great. 
For what about you, John? What's your favorite? Death Guard, Sorcerer, and Terminator armor. Um, okay. He, All right, tell me about your plan here. So my plan here, uh, so uh, he gets Deep Strike. Uh, naturally, you have to take him if you want to take a battalion, which you're going to want to do to maximize uh, your elite choice slot, which for the Death Guard is the most heavily filled slot. Uh, even with like your characters only taking up one slot, your Death Shroud take up a slot. Blightlord Terminators take up a slot. Uh, Chaos Spawn, I believe, are fast attack. But other like there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of choice in that elite slot. So you're going to want the full like ability to take four to six. Um, so you're going to have to take either a Chaos Sorcerer, in Terminator Armor, or a Malignant Playcaster. Um, the fun thing is the Sorcerer and Terminator Armor is uh, has availability to a loadout that very few others in the Death, Death Guard Army have. Um, and when I say that, I mean he can have a Chain Fist. He can have a Combi Melta. Uh, and as I said mm-hmm. earlier... Uh, Death Guard still struggling a little bit with high toughness um, and kind of a high wound things. Like I worry about running into Imperial Knights a little bit because I'm not quite sure, like outside of just trying to mortal wound them to death with pox walkers, uh, what to do. Uh, I can drop a very small footprint uh, down anywhere on the board, like because it's very easy to drop one 40 millimeter base down. Uh, and that guy is going to be a threat right away with his combi melta. If he charges in, he mm-hmm. has minus one toughness from the Death Guard aura. Uh, personally, I give him a, the Warlord trait to give him the Ferryman trait, so he gives out a, a half movement aura too. So the whole idea is to drop him in a center of the army. If he dies, he dies, but he's going to drop himself down in the center of the army. He's going to cast a psychic power on himself to add six inches to his contagion range. So as soon as mm-hmm. he drops down turn two, he should be able to pretty much cripple an 18-inch aura around him uh, of half movement um, and just be something that you have to take care of. Oh, you mean nine inches from nine both inches sides, from right? both sides. So that's like an 18-inch circle oh, around okay. him, uh, which is a huge chunk of the table nowadays um, sure. of just half movement, uh, which is going to be super irritating. His combi melta means that he's going to be irritating. A chain fist is going to be irritating. Um, mm. And I said, I, I see play for him for that way. And also he's a psyker, which gives him all like off some to the other powers that death guard have, which got a slight improvement from the last book too. Um, so if you have to take him, he's 130 points uh, with a combi melta and a chain fist. There's worse things to spend 130 points on, especially when sure. your next cheapest option is 95 with the malignant playcaster. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So, I like him. Well, we'll see how he does. Uh, most likely, whenever I get super excited about something, I'll play him in one game. He'll do awfully because I'll play him bad. <laughs> and then he'll go sit on my shelf uh, forever. I'm excited for this guy to do that. And then, because you don't actually have him yet, for you to, like, just throw the box into your hobby room and just be like, <laughs> I'm fucking done with you. Dude, you 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 know, as well as I have, you have done that, too, where you've proxied oh, something. Oh, absolutely. And then he really yeah. sucked. So then when you got him, you're like, no, fuck you. I'm not building you for years. And I won't sell Ye- you either. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly the other new book that came out this month uh codex dark angels a codex space yeah. supplement uh this book is fucking ridiculous dude it fucks <laughs> so as a death guard player coming in and i see my book i'm like okay cool i have a lot of tools i can deal with space marine stuff pretty like there's a lot of ways to deal with space marine i can shut down a lot of their shenanigans really easily there's not much they can say about it um codex dark angel says no 
<laughs> I don't know if that's entirely true, John, but I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, keep in mind a lot of the tools that Death Guard have are contagions and therefore not auras. And so even Dark Angels can't turn them off. <laughs> you can never turn me off. <laughs> oh man if only i'd never heard that before um <laughs> so tell us about yeah codex dark angels uh so, probably really s tier in the space marine codex levels yeah i think it's probably the best supplement um it just has a lot of really great tools uh I'm trying to think of of like like where to even start with it. So I guess um, <laughs> let's it- talk about Ravenwing and Deathwing. So if you've seen the index that's on the Games Workshop's that's on Games Workshop's website, or if you haven't, uh, I'll tell you about it. Um, so basically, if you have the Ravenwing keyword in the book, um, you'll get Jink. And what Jink means is that if you move, you get a five up and vulnerable save. If you advance, you get a four up. Um, which is which is a nice power. It's not overpowered or anything like that. Like that's just good. Um, then Deathwing have effectively transhuman physiology all the time. So uh, that means that they uh, can only be wounded on a natural four or better. Not modified doesn't matter. You can only wound them on a four or better, and that's any infantry model now. There's supposedly some downsides to this that they like can't fall back sometimes if they make like a leadership nine test. Basically, they roll 2d6, and if you can roll equal to or under their leadership value, they can fall back anyway. But a lot of times, you just want to stay in combat and smash people up. So, because you're only being wounded 50% of the time. I mean, yeah, you want to smash them up. And so then <laughs> they get doc- their doctrine ability isn't just one doctrine, it's actually three different mini doctrines. So, because of the three During different the, kind of like things with the Raven Wing, uh, Death Wing, and uh, Green and Wing. And the Green Wing, which is the normal dudes. Yeah. So, like uh, Raven Wing, they get to plus, they get plus three inches of movement and Devastator Doctrine. And they can advance and shoot any weapon at a minus one to hit. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's super solid. Um, and Do you then think that the ta- Green Wing feel really rejected that they don't get to be special? Like, you know, they try out no, for dude, the they're Raven actually, Wing? I think that they have maybe the best piece of it um i know it doesn't seem that way but if you think of like the connotations for it it's very it's extremely good (laughs) like so they're just quote-unquote normal space marines right so they're not deathwing (laughs) poor babies i know right um (laughs) but if they're engaged in combat they can still fire weapons into combat they just have a ballistic skill of four plus now the dark angels chapter tactic is plus one to hit if you haven't moved so if you're engaged you're not moving so you're gonna get plus one to hit so they hit everybody on fours and for the stuff that that's really good with it doesn't matter because you're like i don't know like flamestorm aggressors is what came to come to mind to me oh. so they just shoot their flamers into combat without penalty i don't um, like that <laughs> they just do 2d6 auto hits at minus one because it's still tactical doctrine and then if deathwing weren't good enough <laughs> Their mini doctrine is an assault doctrine. You get uh, you get to reroll failed to wound rolls in melee against uh, units with a model that has eight or more wounds and characters. So you're talking power fists, your maces of absolution, even like blade guard veterans have mastercrafted power swords. So they're wounding all of that big stuff on fives, but with a reroll, 
it's like a 60% chance to do a wound. So, I mean, they're going to be just tearing up knights and that kind of stuff even then with the amount of attacks that they get. Which seems super um, cool. Like, we seem to be, like, going to, like, heavier-to-character models uh, and kind of that character keyword. So having this unit or units that can just kind of blend our characters a little easier seems to be super strong. Yeah, that's that's cool with me. I don't have a problem with characters. I just feel bad for anybody who invested any points in a large model, I guess. Uh, uh, fuck those guys. There's a reason uh, <laughs> the list I made for our next game is called No Mortarian. As he's both fair. you get a lot more stuff it turns out a large character and a large model and a character <laughs> does it have does it have uh uh we'll talk about it later it doesn't matter no. anyway um they have a great psychic discipline with a lot of really really good psychic powers um they have a targeted fights last they have a targeted minus one to hit they have a turn off auras power they have a turn off objective secured and cancels actions power um that so one is stupid good it's really good yeah so uh yeah they have a lot of good abilities um i'm uh, i'm excited to um to kind of play around with them uh there's a lot of really cool uh like little tricks and stuff they can do i'm i kind of want to play Ravenwing. i have a Ravenwing army so it'd be kind of cool to bust it on the table and see if it's actually as good as i think it is i think it's probably really really good <laughs> So I would say, what um, is the, the most improved unit in the supplement for Dark Angels uh, over the Index? Man, that's a good question. I, I do this. I don't know. I think the Index already had a bunch of their units were already really good. I guess it would probably be like normal Deathwing Terminators. Um, the normal Deathwing Terminator squads. Oh, also, if you build an entirely Ravenwing Vanguard or uh, Outrider or an entirely Deathwing um uh vanguard you get objective secured on some of the basic deathwing and ravenwing units respectively so um if you have an entirely deathwing detachment which now cannot be wounded on a one two or three in terminator armor uh mm -hmm. that is now objective secured yep that's very good. On on the plus <laughs> side, I'm assuming exactly like the flail of corruption for Death Guard, they also lost the ability to spill over attacks. Oh well let me let me tell you a secret, John. When I told John this on the chat when we got the book, he was he was furious. <laughs> like so not only does it not but you can spend a CP to mastercraft it and make it plus one damage. So it's like you can have a a damage three flail that carries damage over between attacks like <laughs> so like i think my soul came from I'm like okay cool that sort of thing's going away i totally get it or it's turning into a stratagem whatever that's fine so not all and we didn't mention the death card part but they lost death to the false emperor so or um they did i don't get exploding sixes anymore i don't get d3 flails anymore i get two and not only that, but the damage doesn't carry over anymore, which I'm like, all right, all things considered, that's probably fair. That's okay. And then, of course, Dark Angels come in, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, we have all the cool stuff over here. And I'm like, God JK, damn. LOL. <laughs> Very Get salty. good. Get good. Well, you know, I'm trying, but, you know, you keep taking all my, my crutches away. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, So, like, I guess the difference is to me is that they don't have multiple of them in one squad, I guess. Right. And the flail was only ever the amount of attacks that you had. It wasn't also like an extra D3 attacks or, or you know, because it was like 
1d3 extra attacks per attack previously, right? Right. So, I mean, so it, a flail that did six attacks with one damage with, with two damage that carried over would probably be pretty gross, but you can still do that. It's just, so I, 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 I feel you though. I'm not trying to like all the crutches ap- going away. An apologist here. Yeah. No, it's all good. It's all good. It's just, I have to get good, which is something I've tried to avoid for years now. Uh, yep. I now can no longer. The relics do. are good. Their stratagems are good. Like everything is good in this book. So, um, it's a great choice. I'm glad to see dark. Like, so as I've said numerous times on this podcast, Dark Angels, if I had to pick one Space Marine chapter to play, I would always play Dark Angels. Um, and now that they're really good at everything, like, like, I will. Uh, that's probably, yeah, and now I will. <laughs> no, when so. they're bad. Um, again, <laughs> due to our scheduling, uh, we didn't get a chance to do a video review of the Dark Angels. We did a video review of yeah. the Death Card book. Uh, which is up on our YouTube channel. We uh, Danny wrote up an amazing summary of all the great changes that happened and put it on our Facebook page. And definitely check out Philip Hall, the Glacial Geek. He did an amazing video review of he the did. Dark Angel book. Uh, obviously, uh, Phil's uh, first, second, third, and fourth love being Dark Angels. Uh, he mm-hmm. was very excited, as he should be, as that book is very good. Um, holy cow. That's okay. I, I, I'm excited because it shows how it's going to go. I like... And I like that it's another Marine book that plays differently. Um, it is. It is a different Marine book. It's like a defensive, like a very defensive book overall. Like their secondaries, their secondaries defensive. Their secondaries are defensive except for the Ravenwing one. Um, like, yeah, it does feel like it feels different than White Scars, feels different than Blood Angels, feels different than Iron Hands, et cetera, et cetera. So pretty which, cool. Which when like all of the books are using the same core hundred units um, is a right. really great well, feat. A paltry um, hundred units. A paltry <laughs> hundred units shared. Uh, it's a great feat. Uh, we're going to take the, the quickest of breaks, and then we're going to come back, and Danny's going to tell us about the giant FAQ that dropped, um, taking anecdotal statistics and making them a reality. Do you have a single wound? A standard bolt gun? Having trouble maintaining an acceptable Xenos kill count? Only barely over two meters tall? Maybe it's time to ask your lieutenant if the Rubicon Primaris is right for you. The Rubicon Primaris is a prescription process that helps you to update that tired look. You may notice an increase in your purging abilities after two to, within two to four hours. You may experience loss of life, additional organs, and a points increase. Do not take the Rubicon if you plan on fitting into rhinos, drop pods, or other traditional vehicles. The Rubicon Primaris is not intended for second founding chapters. The Rubicon Primaris is for use on genetically enhanced super soldiers over the age of 800 only. You are encouraged to report negative side effects to your company's apothecary. The Rubicon Primaris. Because sometimes plot armor is just not enough. Oh man, big yikes as well. Just in a chat, uh, a buttle from the... Uh, NZ40 Shabal podcast uh, sharing uh, his review on the Dark Angels book. Uh, and that is a <laughs> eBay post of someone selling a very meta White Scars army that was really good two weeks ago. Um, it's still very good. Jesus Christ. But it's what not a baby. It's not the best. Uh, so it must die and it must go. Danny, giant FAQs happened. Um, which did. really changed the way ninth plays or i guess how you would play ninth because it plays the same but it makes a couple of key little changes uh take us on that journey okay sure 
Um, well, first of all, uh, they changed some of the core rules uh, specifically for things like deploying large models so you can deploy your Orion gunship um, in your deployment zone. Uh, not have to cry about it and make a bunch of all it took angry was Facebook four, pages on Comp40K. All it took was four videos and a leading questionnaire. And a deliberate misunderstanding of the Bible. So the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. All right, so moving on. Um, so yeah. If, like, you, if, you, if you're not happy with your model, that's the, that's the road that's the roadmap to get changed. Um, <laughs> they uh, they changed some of the uh, the rules for things like uh, like the rare rules section, um, which are pretty important. They changed uh, like if you do an action and then are moved somewhere else, uh, like you fail the action, which is good because it keeps you from like. Do it starting scramblers in their deployment zone and then getting teleported into the other, the enemy, like the enemy deployment zone. The, the um, heroic way to do scramblers. scramblers. So heroic. <laughs> Just teleport stuff. It's like teleporting photon torpedoes onto, onto the Borg ship, right? Hell yeah. It's the only um, way to defeat them. Gotta get that done. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, they changed some of the, I think that there's probably, and this hasn't happened yet. Uh, I think they're going to be changing some of the fight first, fight last kind of rules uh, and kind of making sure that they're all uh, pretty equivalent. Just so like the language is the same between like the Judicator right. and the Foul Blight Spawn and kind of yeah. things like and that. Yeah, and then like, because some people can interrupt out of these and some people can't, and that just seems like unintentional. Maybe it's totally intentional and I'm just uh, an idiot. Um, Big if Other true. things they did? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, other things they did, uh, they updated the Munitorium Field Manual. They did. Um, so definitely redo your army very carefully um, because they did make some stealth changes to units where they made certain things free. Uh, like, for instance, uh, like um, like the, uh, not Imagifiers, but the Simulacrum Bearers and Sisters of Battle units are free now, um, which is pretty cool, which means you can use like an extra faith point for them. Every turn, like, or in, in, in a phase where you've already used a faith point somewhere else, which is pretty nice. They were, like, five points before, so it's like, yeah, why not? Like, I know I'd have built a bunch of my sisters to battle without them. Because why would you pay five points for that? Right. But see, right. Big, big, GW, free, so. big GW selling more sisters of battle box sets because you need to get Secretly. those models. Yeah. Secretly, because they're out of stock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, they changed some secondaries, um, which are pretty important. Uh, they changed uh, Big Game Hunter, or not Big Game Hunter, Bring It Down. Which um, is great because you're no longer punished for taking transports. Right, which is which is good. And, like, the amount of victory points you get out of, like, even vehicle-heavy armies is pretty low. Even if your army is, like, oops, all vehicles, like, you still barely give up 15, maybe. Well, it just felt um, bad, sort of, like, so back when we were playing before, like, the new Death Guard book, and, you know, I had my little, like, drills and other stuff there. I'm like, well, I just lose Bring It Down because, you know, I, I have three vehicles right. or four vehicles. Um, and that doesn't Like, I'm just going to give up these points, and that sucks. Yeah. That's a sucky feeling. And it really limits, sort of, like, army construction. And it's something, like, the Metal Watch articles talked about uh, on uh, the Warhammer community site. Uh, was that like most secondaries uh, average about 10, 9 to 10 points. So you shouldn't be maxing them. Um, so when you right. have these ones that really punish armies, like 
bring it down really punishes some armies. And then the other one that changed big was uh, the psychic ones, the Board the Witch. Oh yeah, that changed that changed pretty dr- dramatically. Um, just making sure that it's uh, like you're just not scoring like a million points off of it. So they changed it to psychic characters are worth three and psychic units are worth two. I mean, you're probably still going to max it out if you're playing against a psychic army, but it's not going to be, you, you can't just kill like three units and be like, all right, jobs are good. Yeah. Like, I don't have to do anything else, um, which is great. Um, they did upgrade. They did make some of the space marine units cost a little bit more. Uh, and scepters went up in price five points. Yeah, Inceptors, Eradicators, and uh, the uh, Bikes, the Outriders. Right, so, so when we talk about... all the good units from Indominus. I was going to say, <laughs> when we talk about there being 100 different Space Marine units, uh, the three units that people use went up in points. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they did release mostly a new FAQ about every book, uh, for the most part, with a, a few exceptions. A lot of books, I should say. Um, like most of the different Psychic Awakening books. Um, uh, so there's a, there's just a, bu- there's a bunch of little changes that I would kind of go through. Especially I would go through the Munitorium Field Manual changes. Um, and just make sure you're actually paying the right points for your units. Because, again, lots of little things changed in there. Uh, it's hard for me to keep track of every, every tiny change How to everything. dare you? I know. And if you're playing power level, uh, they updated the power levels as well for everything. Which is super good. Um, uh, which is yeah, something like we, we sort of expected to see with like a, a new GT pack in December. But instead we got the new mission pack with terrain rules. Um, so it's nice to see them still updating power level and kind of keeping on top of that. Um, as much as we want to say, you know, competitive play is like the be all and end all of 40k. It's really, you know, I think what we're to like... It ain't. Eight, 10% of total players. Um, so... Uh, while we might inform a lot of the decisions, uh, the main people are playing power level. So it's good that their game is re- remaining updated as well. Sure. Oh, and uh, one more thing as well that I'd like to note, which yeah. I think is a really great rule for intent. Um, they changed the Blood Angels rule where like some things when they put you in Assault Doctrine didn't count for the Blood Angels like Super Doctrine ability to get plus one attack on the charge. And they've changed that now. So basically, if it says you're in this Doctrine, you count for all intents and purposes as being in that doctrine. Um, so like it's a win for like, I think what the obvious intent of the rule was and right. not the rules as written, um, which is uh, like, honestly, that's the way that you should be looking at most of this stuff. If it seems like a loophole, uh, like it usually is. And then most importantly, they changed the way the game scores. Um which mm. is huge. God, how could I forget that? Well, I figured we're closing out with the, the most important change, which is it was how yeah. the game is scored. And anecdotally, it's not uh, it's not so heavy on second anecdotal. turn anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You Thank know, you, well, it's good because, yeah, if you uh, tell someone they're wrong, the only way to prove that they're wrong is to change the game so that you're right. <laughs> It's the perfect crime. It's per- <laughs> no one suspects it. It's a genius. <laughs> My fingerprints weren't all over this at all. <laughs> yeah, so they changed scoring uh, for the player who goes second. You score primary uh, at the end of the turn, um, which gives you a chance to score, I would say, most of the time, unless you're like really decimated, um, you're going to get 15 points for primary going second. 
which so, is great. which is awesome. I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing they changed is they took the choice away. Oh yeah, you have to go first or second. Which I think also is a good rule. Which I think is great because I mean, it re- you realize if you're going first, you're kind of fighting an uphill battle that last round, so you have to play a little bit differently uh, to make sure your mm-hmm. opponent doesn't just kind of maximize everything in that last turn. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, like, lots. What's that? Where you said? I said hype. Hype. Yeah. Lots of little yeah. changes um, that have made massive changes overall, um, from points costs to like hidden free upgrades uh, to how the game is scored. Uh, it's really going to change the way you play, and definitely worth deep diving into. Because uh, although we touched the changes in scoring, the changes in war gear, power level. Um, and a bunch of other things and of the rare rules, we really scratched the surface and all the little changes. Um, so if you're a TO, read up, because uh, when we point angrily at a computer screen, we're going to want to be backed up. <laughs> hey, uh, Danny and I are going to be playing a game this week. Uh, we're going to talk. Yeah. A- we're going to talk about uh, what our plans are, uh, but we'll be right back. You like cookies, but want something more British? Buy biscuits. Not like those you have for gravy. British biscuits for dunking in your British tea. Stiff upper lip guaranteed. Biscuits, as recommended by Queen Liz of the Britons. Oh, man, it's the shortest break. I didn't even mute us, Danny, so good thing neither wow. of us said anything. That was super fast. That was, yeah, yeah. That I hope was, they didn't uh, hear Fred snoring. That was, that was Gav Thorpe, uh, who recorded that one mm-hmm. for us uh, years ago. Um, but, yeah. Casual so, name drop. If that's, that's what I do. That's all I do. I, I rely on other skill to carry me. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, we are now uh, about three weeks away from the Pro Luminati TT. Uh, That's right. Which is uh, what we're calling our, our, our uh, club event that we're going to be having uh, to kind of bring in the new year and have sort of our first tournament, I think, since Vegas. Yep. Uh, yeah. To- well, I played in a tournament since then. I played in Iron Man. Didn't oh, you? Oh, oh, no. Yeah, we did the Iron Man when we came back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's been a long time. Uh, so we're kind of gathering some of our closest friends. Uh, Danny is going to be running Necrons at the event. I'm going to be stumbling through my death guard at the event. And in order to do that, we've been uh, playing more in order to get, get good uh, as the kids say. Um, So this week we're coming together as our list sort of congeal more and more. And we kind of get a a handle on what we want to play. And Danny, you've been playing Necrons pretty pretty consistently since the book came out. Uh, Yeah. uh, So, so you have a good handle. I'm just trying to get a handle on death guard as a whole. Um, But we have a couple of lists that we're going to go over what we're running. I'm talk about our thoughts behind it, uh, what we're hoping to get out of the game. And then next time, we're going to talk about what actually happened and sort of like changes we made based on that heading into this uh, real huge uh, eight-man RTT uh, that we're going to be playing. <laughs> Enormous. In. Enormous. Uh, it's the best. So who wants to start? Uh, I can, I can start. Uh, that's fine. Well, what? No, why don't you start? Your I'll list start. is like more important. My list is like just there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just there um so yeah uh, i am running a pure death guard to list uh, i'm doing i know right now death guard is like probably strongest in soup even though you're losing that minus one toughness aura um but i'm really trying to mono faction uh, more than anything else so i have a using three detachments uh they're all ferrymen uh because i'm trying to kind of mm-hmm. keep my buffs manageable and i don't want to mark the different units for different detachments to do different things 
Uh, so my first one is a patrol uh, for the ferryman. Mm-hmm. It's led by a Lord of Virulence at this point. By the time he gets to the tournament, it'll probably be a Lord of Contagion. I just love the model. <laughs> um, and I want to field it because I have it painted. Uh, Troops-wise, I have 10 Poxwalkers. Good old guys to just sort of hang out in the back objective. I, I like. Well, John, what core choice did you take to allow 10 Poxwalkers? <laughs> well, it's rounded out by two units of Blight Lord Terminators. Uh, so Hell yeah. I have, uh, both are exactly the same. There's a, everyone has a bebotic axe and a combi bolter, and there's one flail of corruption in each unit. Cool. So two five mans uh, of that. I have a fortification detachment because as if you go to our Facebook page at Marvel's AK, uh, you will see my miasmic malignifier, which is just a goddamn amazing model. Holy cow. Nice. Um, like I don't think, I didn't realize how beautiful it was. And Danny, I think you too, until you saw mine. Like it's it's yeah. it looks great. There's a lot of awesome hidden detail on it, and on the table, it does it does work. Um, it has like a stupid little pistol gun or a heavy gun that it uses. Yep. Um, it automatically has max contagion range round one. Uh, you can deploy it 12 inches away from your opponent's deployment zone. So it means round one, if you move, you're going to be minus one toughness, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, so it means I can do some long range shooting into there without worrying about my units getting really, really close round one. Uh, it's right. Yeah, you know, I was really impressed by the COVID bong. It did a lot of work in our game. <laughs> did you see the COVID um, bong? Yeah. <laughs> I have a second. I may or may not convert it. Um, but it did work, right? I mean, it didn't kill. It did. Like, it did awesome, man. It didn't kill yeah. anything, but when, like, it was like, oh, you're within nine inches of this. So like round one, it's like, you're going to be minus one toughness. Um, well, like it would make all my scarabs and stuff like that. Uh, it will make all my scarabs like toughness two around it, um, which is a big deal. Um, and that means the flamer, it's flamer wounds them on twos. It means the combi bolters um, wound them on twos, and the combi bolters wound them on twos, and the fl- and your death your death shroud flamers wound them on threes. Right. So yeah, I think there's a lot of really good utility there. Um, it's rounded out by a battalion. The battalion's going to have the uh, it's going to be have my warlord, which is the Lord of Contagion. His Warlord trait is going to be Rotten Constitution, which is uh, plus one toughness. Ignore AP 1 and 2. He's going to have the Reaper of Glorious Entropy uh, is going to be his Relic. And then he's also going to have okay. his Death Guard Sorcerer and Terminator Armor Buddy with his Combi Melta and his Chain Fist. Uh, his traits, he has the Living Plague, uh, which is the half movement when you're within Plague Range. Uh, and his Psychic Powers yep. are Gift of Plagues and Putrescent Vitality. So pretestant vitality is just to make my terminators a little tougher. Gift of plagues adds six inches to my contagion range for one unit that I select. Um, that mm-hmm. combined with uh, being able to shift uh, using CP, shift my contagions around uh, makes them super helpful. I have uh, three units of poxwalkers. They're my troops. I have a unit of eight, uh, two units of eighteen and a unit of ten. Uh, nice. Then to balance them out, three units of death shroud. Uh, three apiece. Uh, yeah, I like that. Which, again, I think if you're not taking nine Death Shroud in your Death Guard list, uh, you need to find 450 points to take three units of Death Shroud in your Death Guard <laughs> list. And get them in there. Get them in there. And then the the one I'm really trying out here to see how they do, um, I might end up dropping like four um, four of the Pox Walkers to fit in uh, regular blow, uh, blow drones with flash mowers. I'm taking two of the Forge World Death Guard Greater Blight drones. Uh, mainly, okay, yeah. They have a lot of guns. Uh, they're pretty tough. They're pretty fast. 
Um, so I want to see really how it does. And also because they have the play company keywords, uh, I can move them up and then I can use again, CP to move, uh, or as or sorry, contagions around and, and really try and kind of pigeonhole you in a little bit there. Well, and it's just a guy that gets the aura as well, right? It doesn't get rid of the aura that no, the original guy had, no, does it? No, uh, I don't believe it does. So it just, it gives a little bit more and utility. Increases, yeah. It gives me a little bit of speed. Um, and again, my plan with this army is just kind of what Danny was talking about earlier. Uh, the Poxwalkers advance. And then when they can charge, they charge. Uh, the Death Shroud advance. And when they can charge, they charge. Uh, it's yep. It's real simple. The the I do plan on taking the Death Guard specific secondary uh, where it scores at the end of the game and you get points for being in my deployment zone uh, within contagion range in my deployment zone and my opponent's deployment zone and like a whole bunch of other different things. Mm-hmm. My plan is to put the the COVID bong, the um, malefic or miasmic malignifier in my deployment zone, far away from you, um, and leave it in contagion range of the objectives in my deployment zone or close to my deployment zone, uh, hoping that there's going to be enough stuff coming forward. You're not really going to care about a poop bong. Um, and that means at the end of the game, I can score... Uh, for having something within contagion range of my deployment zone while moving forward. Um, so we're going to see how that works out. Because, again, last yeah. time we played, it did really well in the middle of the table. Um, but also some of the deployment rules for it, and also considering I have to be 12 inches away, it's a smaller table, it's really hard to place because it is really large. Um, I, I hope to distract you with the Chaos Sorcerer, who's, I mean, he's really not that great a shot. Um <laughs> But, like, he has a 66% chance to hit you with a Melta, which is pretty nasty. Uh, the Chain sure. Fist, it can be pretty nasty. Again, no access to rerolls, but just throwing him in the center of stuff and cutting that movement in half, especially, like, looking at Danny's list when he's going to go over Scarabs. I want to slow those guys down as quickly as possible, so I'm engaging on my terms um, rather than, than, than on yours. Um, the trick, John, is going to be making sure that you get off the power that increases his range by six inches for contagion. It's warp charge five. Because so, well, sure, sure. I'm, but, I'm hopeful. Yeah, that's definitely like the first power you want to try and cast, just to make sure it goes off. Because right. otherwise, if you deep strike him in, he doesn't. He's not actually going to do anything to my army. No, no. So right? like because he's only like he's only got a normal th- well. And you're going to have to wait until turn three to have him do anything. Right. We'll see because what Because otherwise you'll be a nine-inch rage right. on the contagion. I'm just honestly try, yeah. trying to charge in. I'm hoping I can advance the death shroud so they're within three inches of him. Um, because by turn sure. two, they can move on average 16 inches up. So they should be able to be within three inches of him to kind of give that support True. to. So then that's a threat. So I have some death shroud who have the foul blight spawn. So you don't want to charge them because there is the fight last aura. Um, and then, Oh yeah, I have a, <laughs> I have a foul blight spawn and I have a tally man because the, the tally man is also an auto taking death card right now. Um, at the start of every turn, uh, yours and your opponents, you roll two D six. If you roll over seven, you get a command point back. Um, yeah, that, it's seven or more. So if you seven roll more. seven, so, yeah. So, so on average, he's you awesome. Should, you should be getting four to five back into a game. Which, when I have Poxwalkers for one CP, I can be dishing out mortal wounds. Um, I have Cloud of Flies, which is four CP now for Terminators, which is super high. But if I can regen four back through the course of the game, I'm worth it. 
Uh, oh yeah, for sure. So like just really utilizing the death shroud to protect characters and trying to drop stuff in kind of smartly. Um, really where I struggle right now game wise is secondary choices. And I think, I hope anyway, that's something that a lot of people struggle with um, because it's so key and kind of it loses or wins games. Um, Absolutely. Good secondary choices is incredibly important. Right. So that's kind of like what I'm looking for for these games is to just get way better at secondary choices and way more comfortable at secondary Mm -hmm. choices. Uh, Danny, uh, you will be pegging me with three different satans, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. So I made this weird list, um, and it's one that we've kind of been talking a little bit on some of the Necron, like, uh, groups that I've been chatting with. Um, and so it's a, a patrol, an outrider and and an auxiliary support detachment. Um, so in the patrol, I've got a Chronomancer, who's my Warlord. I've got a Plasmancer. I've got a unit of five Immortals. Um, I've got a unit of two Crypto Thralls and a Transcendent Satan. And he has the Cosmic Tyrant ability. I'm not going to randomly roll two. And then the Outrider Attachment is a Psychomancer with the Adive Indicator. Oh, sorry. And the uh, the Plasmancer has the Quantum Orb, which is like the... Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember what it's the, like an orbital, an orbital bombardment that he gets, oh, nice. um, which yeah, is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I've got uh, the Psychomancer who has the additive indicator, which is the smite, um, a targeted smite that you have to roll 3d6 and roll uh, equal to or over your opponent's leadership. I've also got two Crypto Thralls, another Transcendent Satan, uh, three units of nine Scarabs, five Wraiths, and I have two Lockers Heavy Destroyers. I'm not sure about those guys. I might change those out for something else. Uh, We'll see how that goes. Um, And then finally, my last auxiliary support is a third Transcendent Satan. Um, So (laughs) the plan is to hide behind a wall of scarabs. (laughs) The plan is uh, to hide. And blast the shit out of you with with Satan powers and mortal wounds from uh, the Plasmancers, um, as well as the... uh, uh, the pl- the Plasmancer uh, and the Psychomancer and the Satan. Um, so we'll see how all that goes. I've got like 45 points left in my list. And I'm not sure what to spend it on. I may drop like a Scarab Swarm or just two big dick and add another Plasmancer. It. Sure. Yeah, just big dick it and not spend it. Yeah, I beat you with 1955. <laughs> um, so I'm probably going to go with custom... Uh, dynasty rules because um, I don't think any of them are going to benefit me a ton. Uh, so I'm probably going to be taking uh, oh objective relentlessly expansionist and uh, the uh, I don't know it'll be objective secured in a six inch move before the game starts um, just to try and get myself a little bit better board position. And so like your satanic can only do three wounds of phase two, right? Correct. Right. So and they like, have nine wounds and a four plus invulnerable save. So it almost makes me for like my list here not want to drop my sorcerer in deep strike um, because I need him on the table right away uh, to do some mortals in or smite in the movement phase or try and do some damage uh, to you in order to kind of get you off the table. And that's the trick, right? And the the whole trick that my list has is like using the scarabs to try and take objectives. And then trying to just blast you, blast mortal wounds through your army with the Satan. 
um, and uh, like hide behind the scarab. So at least the smites and stuff will hit the scarabs first. And that's 36 wounds of like, you're not going to smite my right. <laughs> I'm for sure going to still have good punching. Sure. Like, they're decent at punching. They, they have five strength, six attacks each with like minus three or four AP and D six damage. So yeah. they can still hit even uh, when you get close. Yeah. We'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, again, I think, you know, uh, I'm going to have to spend a lot of time tomorrow reading my secondary choices uh, to make sure I pick right because holy cow, <laughs> that is the deciding factor. Um, well, Danny, I'm excited for a game, but I think I'm more excited for the fact that once we come back from the most hated commercial we've ever played, uh, we're going to return to an old friend uh, and oh, okay. add to our worst characters in 40k. Oh, um, yeah. But first, you guys have to put up with this. Earl Hagen was a legend. In 1960, he whistled his way into Hollywood and into our hearts. Decades later, he made a comeback, lending those lustrous lips in the 1980s to such bands as the Scorpions, Guns N' Roses, and Pat Benatar. A half century after his humble beginnings, he's at it again. This time without cumbersome musical accompaniment, he'll have you wetting your whistle and whistling along. His new album, Earl Whistles Disney, is sure to be a hit with all generations. Order now and receive a bonus album, Earl Whistles More Shit, a collection of previously unreleased material of Earl's favorite songs through the years. On this bonus album, he demonstrates his newly mastered technique of inward whistling. Order yours today on compact disc or double-length cassette. Also available at fine retailers such as Walgreens, CVS, and participating Sam Goody stores. Earl Whistles Disney. Buy it today. I think the the greatest thing now that like uh, and we're working towards Danny and I being able to record uh, video again through this is uh, seeing both of us <laughs> over camera over the internet whistling along <laughs> to the exact thing. The best because we've listened to this ad so many times, but we love it so. But Danny, it's back. We're back. The worst character in Warhammer 40,000 ever. Oh, man, I missed that sound effect. Uh, much <laughs> requested, uh, often denied. Uh, yeah, often. We are about often. I take great pleasure in it. We are back to talk about some of the worst characters in Warhammer 40,000. Uh, previ- Absolutely. Previous worsts, we've had the Avatar of Cain, uh, the Whipping Boy of Space Marines. We've had the Swarm Lord, the Whipping Boy of Space Marines. Um, A <laughs> uh, lo- lot of dick measuring characters for Space Marines pretty much has been. Yeah. Uh, where what it takes to get up there. However, our top three, always Space Marines. Uh, we have, God, so many. Oh, uh, Tibius, um, our lawnmower man. Uh, oh, God. Chapter Surf. Who, he's not even really a Space Marine. He got, God, he's the fucking worst. <laughs> he got turned down. He is currently the worst. Uh, <laughs> we have... Uh, the, Caldor Drago. Caldor Drago. We also have... Who? 
Kato's, is he worse than Sicarius? No, yeah, I sorry. think I'm, Sicarius, just, I'm stealing your thunder Sicarius here. was second. He is the most controversial one because we did that video like nine months ago. We still to this day get comments um, saying that he's not that bad or people pretending to be Kato Sicarius, which I think is 2020's new worst thing ever overtaking oh, orc God. voice. Um, yeah, it's like the modern orc voice. That's what that is. Yeah, it's and it's it's not clever. It's not good. Why would you do that? Uh, by the way, we just got a comment while we were recording here um, on our YouTube video for our last episode where we interviewed Peter the Falcon, and someone said, "Play on tabletop." Sent me, so I replied with those bastards, uh, which is the, <laughs> the the best way we can respond to our our listeners or people who come to us. Uh, so this time. <laughs> Uh, we've done a lot of Imperium characters recently. Uh, we've we done, have. We, we haven't done a lot of Chaos characters. We haven't done a lot of Chaos. Uh, we've done Scarbrand. Uh, he is a, uh, like oh, a, yeah. a whooping boy for Space Marine characters. Um, I'm seeing kind of a trend uh, going along here. <laughs> if you are a giant yeah. monster character, you're going to yeah. get beat up by a Space Marine captain to show you how But also just by is, corn. How big his nub is. Um, and yeah, by corn too. <laughs> He flew, he flew for eight days uh, through a timeless abyss. Um, but today, uh, we we have the pleasure of presenting to you um, one of the emperor's children, uh, Lucius the Eternal. Ugh, you might recognize God. him from his twenty-year-old uh, model uh, standing sideways, <laughs> uh, holding a stick. <laughs> Like like holding no, no, it's a whip. Oh, it's oh a whip. it just looks like he's holding it's like a fleshy a whip. It's a fleshy whip, so it's a dong. Uh, he has a giant dong uh, that he whips sure. over. He is uh, known oh, as Whippy Penis, the Soul Thief, Fulgrim's Champion, the Scion of Chemos, uh, someone who consistently dies uh, over and over and over <laughs> again. He's like, man, I'm such a good swordsman. What's your special ability, special swordsman? <laughs> oh, when somebody kills me, I become them. How often does that happen? I don't know. Probably a lot of times. Whenever we need to find out how tough a Space Marine character is. Um, so Lucius... Well, it doesn't matter if you kill him, John. He just becomes you anyway. He's like the... He's like a giant fucking Mary Sue. You can't even... You can't do anything with him. It's probably got to be the most boring character to write about. He, he has... Uh, he's like uh, Space Herpes. He always comes back. Um, right. But you know what, what that, that whip is? The whip gives you... Like Lucius, that's what it's called. <laughs> Lucius, Lucius number Simplex, one. STD, that's what you get uh, in yeah. the forty-first millennium. Um, <laughs> what is quote unquote interesting about Lucius is he started off um, nothing on no, on, I'm just kidding. On Istvan three, uh, when they very subtly went, "Hey, all you guys who think differently from us, for no reason whatsoever, we're going to deploy you all to the planet at the same time." Um, Lucius, wait. wait. Before this, yeah, before Vulcan that. punches him, sucker punches him in the face. He's supposed to be some kind of great duelist, right? And he's like, okay, yeah, let's have a fight. And then he just punches him. He punches him right in the face. He's like, I thought we were dueling. He's like, we did, and I beat you. <laughs> like, get bent, kid. Well, it's not Lucius's fault that he was a dick who didn't follow the rules of single combat. <laughs> but that did lead to him betraying his friend. So he was sent out with the, True. the like, the nerds uh and they're like yeah just go hang out on this fucking planet sure whatever <laughs> they're like you can't even win a duel you're down <laughs> on the planet like we're done with you <laughs> um but then he was like hey if i 
get this guy for you. Can I be in the cool kids club? And then he, yeah, <laughs> he betrays like a bunch of people and like full is pen like, well, man, this guy who got sucker punched during a duel and then turned I on his friends okay. as soon as it was beneficial for him. He's the kind of guy <laughs> I, I want in this legion. legion. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's a kind of trustworthy brotherly kind of like camaraderie that I want to see in my new army. Um, so after, even though you're ugly, dude, cause you started cutting your face and shit when you, whenever you fight. So after, uh, it's three where he turns on people for his own benefit, like a Rob Schneider in space. Um, <laughs> he gets made to be, uh, the leader of full Fulgrim's personal bodyguard, because I know, uh, when I want protection from people, uh, I want someone who's easily sucker punched in a duel. Um, and then he like quickly starts following QAnon. Uh, he believes that Fulgrim is not Fulgrim, but he's actually a demon uh, possessed by like pretending to be Fulgrim. Uh, he believes that many others in the Legion are like that too. Um, including all your favorite name characters, Fabius Bile. He's not really Fabius Bile. He's a demon. I mean, this is real. Did QAnon start with random 40k fluff that people made up to make characters seem more exciting than they are? I don't know, John. I don't have a good answer for that. That's fair. I uh, I hadn't read his backstory from when he was a kid. It's like oh, a yeah. mirror image of Cato Sicarius. It's just a bunch of fucking bullshit. So, so yeah, like, this is like was the Chaos Sato Kicarius. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's Sado Cacarius. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, when Fulgrim's uh, searching for, like, uh, demonhood and to ascend into his final form and all that other kind of fun stuff, uh, they go to this Eldar crone world. Uh, on that crone world, um, Fulgrim's, like, just dunking on a bunch of wraith and being like, yeah, I'm really cool. Yep. Um, Fulgrim pretty much, or uh, Lucius uh, pretty much gets dunked by a raven guard dude. Again, the greatest duels. Oh, yeah. Duel Sharkin, right? Yeah. Sharkin uh, just kind of uh, cuts him on the cheek once. And he's like, fuck, you made me bleed my own blood. Um, and then he goes on to just <laughs> absolutely dares. destroys him, murders him, just pushes him to the ground. And this is like the first time he almost dies. Fabius Bile uh, picks him up and fixes him. Um, and everyone's like, whoa. How did you save that guy? And Fabius Bile, I mean, God, God knows what he does here. Um, but after that, so after he gets murdered during a duel, he sets out to find a worthy challenger. Not seeing the fact that he just got murdered in a duel, and that guy is probably a worthy challenger. Like, I know, Danny, when you beat me at a game of 40K, the first thing I do, I'm like, I'm going to seek out John Lennon. And get a worthy <laughs> opponent. That just seems counterproductive. Make it even harder. Yeah, that seems counterproductive to, to what I want to do. Um so uh he goes and he like enters like uh Emperor's Children competitions until he actually just gets killed. Uh and he gets just Yeah, in the dueling pits. He gets killed in the dueling pits. Uh which, you know, that's not cool. Um, and then in doing so, uh, Slanesh was like, that's not okay. I like that guy. He had, he had spunk. He had spirit. 
Like let's let's have him come back. He's so, got like two million Facebook followers. We need him to live. Like uh, Slanesh being one of them. Yeah. So it was actually a Lord Commander Cyrus or Sirius, because uh, everyone has different weird eyes and using their names. Um, apparently, <laughs> Slanesh felt so much pleasure uh, at the death of Lucius. Even Slanesh doesn't like him. He just came so hard when he died. He was just like. I got to experience that again. And so (laughs) we get the crux of Lucius's character that he can die. Well, he can, but it's a real specific set of circumstances. So Lucius the Eternal is called that because whenever someone kills him, if they take any sense of pride in the kill at all, they will turn into Lucius. Which... (sighs) I mean, it's kind of like the portrait Boring. of Dorian Gray style, I guess, where you're like, I mean, yeah, there. I assume that's kind of what it's like. I don't um, know. He's just. Uh, and then the, f- I mean, okay. So this is also a guy, right? This is a guy who's leader of, of Fulgrim's bodyguards, right? Convinces the other members of the order of the Phoenix that Fulgrim is not himself. So, the leader of his bodyguards is like, let's rebel against Fulgrim. And so Fulgrim like keeps him on. Well, so he goes into the, the concert what kind of hall. What making process is this? He goes into the concert hall where they have like the, they had the, like the blood orgy. He sees a painting of Fulgrim lying on the ground. And he's like, man, the eyes on that painting, that ain't right. Our Fulgrim's a fake <laughs> Fulgrim. Like if you've been following U.S. politics, this is real close to what's happening here. So yeah, he convinces the entire senior staff of the emperor's children to turn on their leader, pin him down, and try and exorcise a demon that doesn't exist. <laughs> and then halfway through, Lucius is like, "Oh fuck, this is just Fulgrim." Oh no. Oh no! And then he kneels and bows fealty. <laughs> he made a mistake. And yeah. Fulgrim was just like, "It was a part of my plan all along. Good job." And I'm like, "Huh? That that's some real weird decision making as a leader uh, for the for the emperor's children there." So we've talked about how when he dies, the person's like, "Huh? I killed that guy," and that just he that guy instantly. Well, he turns into Lucius. Lucius like bursts out like a. a butterfly from a chrysalis and the face of the person he's murdered kind of goes onto his artificer armor uh, forever screaming forever right. being awful um you would think that was limited to just flash based beings no nope. uh he has done that to a necron before yeah <laughs> why um, whose idea was that so uh so yeah he uh, died from a phasing sword uh and then necrons being just arrogant as i guess a, a passive racial trait uh, instantly, True. you know, apparently like the liquid metal melted off of them and turned into Lucius, which if you're like that overlord, you're real confused as to what the fuck is happening to you. And you have to, does that give you Necron style phase out abilities? I mean, well, first of all, he's doesn't have a Necron doesn't have a soul. So it's not like you could like, you could trap his intellect, I guess. Maybe he just died. I don't know. Maybe, but they do say that there are thousands of screaming faces on his armor, which tells me he has died literally thousands of times. Um, oh, the other thing, he's a little emo yeah. kid. Um, he can, yeah, every time he kills somebody, he gives himself a scar. Yeah, 
because no one is good enough to cut him, even though he's died all the time. Uh, so he cuts apparently his, he cuts his face or his arm or whatever it is, like some weird hot topic reject. Um, so he can feel the pain. That's the only way he can enjoy a victory or like know he's being tested is because he cuts himself. Like I mean, just constantly <laughs> listens to Trent Reznor. Like <laughs> he's I a big Atticus fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, his Ugh. face is massively scarred from self cutting. His body is massively scarred from self cutting. Um, he caused maybe the coolest Emperor's Children character, Adelon, to die um, because he basically told Fulgrim on him, and Fulgrim cut his like he was. Fulgrim ordered him to do something like, nah, man, I'm going to go here and do this thing. Edelon goes to Fulgrim and goes, yo, he did this. And Fulgrim's like, you asshole, and kills Edelon. The single coolest character series model in Forge World. Well, you know that he's Edelon's back, right? Oh, I did not. Spoiler alert. Wonderful. Sorry. You should definitely read the uh, Fabius Bio books. As as those are far superior. Um, (laughs) Yeah, agreed. (laughs) <laughs> so Both, keep in mind lucius is not in those books so you don't have to worry about that guys thank god so does yeah. what feels pride does a, does a tyranid feel pride so if like say um say a bunch of gaunts i don't know like no. 30 gaunts with like devourers just team up and shoot the shit out of him does he just die at that point because they're a single hive mind and the hive mind's not gonna be like, yes, I killed this one guy. Well, I don't know. Maybe the hive mind feels pride, like, like, kind of like the pride of a hunter, I guess. Or pride. Do to all have the termagants turn into Lucius? Maybe. Well, what about a psychic blank? Would they feel pride? Probably. Probably. Damn. I mean, they feel emotions. They're just nobody likes them. Dude, it's ironclad. This fucking story thing. Like, there's literally no one that can kill him. Because the Chaos Gods are literally um, emotion, so that takes the Pantheon out. Uh, Space Marines would take pride in a job well done. Orcs would take pride in a tough battle won. I think if like you maybe unmade his soul. Yeah, but that's like... Like he couldn't possess you? That's like Emperor coming back levels. And if he can possess... Well, like, like Goleman could probably do it. Like he'd just kill him with the Emperor's sword. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that would be it. So yeah, there there's ways Game over. we can get this guy out of the universe. Um, and I, really that's yeah, the most important thing as fast as possible. Though I will say, if they give him a new model, I'll totally change my mind. Uh, in game terms, he's a really cheap Chaos Lord uh, with Marcus Lanash, cheap, uh, cheap source of rerolls. And he's not that terrible in combat uh, on the table, uh, just really in, in life. I wish there was some rule on the table where if you failed like a leadership test... Or, like, if you rolled, like, a natural six when you died, then your opponent, like, died and turned into you. Like that, He used to get wounds back when he killed people, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I don't know, and I don't know how much you know about his war gear, but the Lash of Torment, uh, like... Oh, the penis whip. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the whippy dick. <laughs> um, it just makes you, like, feel a lot of pleasure when he whips you. So, like, it feels really good. I imagine it feels good to Lucius, too. That's really um, weird. Could you imagine being attacked by this, like, seven-foot-tall, genetically engineered monster, and he's whipping you, and all you hear from the Vox channels is, uh-huh. Yeah. 
Oh, mm. anyway, so uh, <laughs> I'm sorry for the then, last 10 seconds. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Paul Winter possessed me for a moment there and I was overcome. Um, all right. So we the so we also did you know his sword is the blade of the lair? Yeah. So his sword is like a shard what? of the demon sword that Fulgrim like had. And it was like a personal gift from Fulgrim. Which is insane. stupid. It's not even... It's just a regular power sword. Let's give it to my worst fucking Lord Commander. Like, not even the good ones. He has a special armor. God, garbage. Uh, (laughs) I hate him. Uh, He was... Yeah, he was suggested by one of our listeners. Um, So thank you for making me read through so much trash about this guy. His head looks like a ball sack. Uh, he He used to be beautiful. And now he just looks like a scrotum. Um, yep. he has, yeah, his special relic blade that was uh, a shard of a Primarch's weapon that is plus one strength, minus one AP, as is tradition <laughs> and the greatest weapon. So powerful. So powerful. Um, he, he has a bunch of drugs. He has a Comorite Stimrak, so he is just on meth. I, I imagine he's like, uh, the Bozo the Clown dude from uh, Metalocalypse. Uh, really fucking annoying. Oh, Roxo? Yeah, Roxo. Dr. Roxo? Yeah, Dr. Roxo. He's yeah. really annoying, um, really hyper all the time, and he just needs to die, but he can't. Everyone's he, just like, shut up. Shut up. And can you imagine being in his warband? It would be awful. Yeah. All right, so I read, so full disclosure, I did okay. read, uh, he has had one book that they've released about him. He has a, that was like an entire book. Yeah, it's actually not a terrible book, because um, he doesn't actually die surprisingly in the, over the over the course of the whole thing. I would only accept um, it if he died once, or maybe a he does once, like at the like end at of the very the, beginning. At the end of the chapter, he dies, and the second chapter is the new person's life starting off. Could you imagine how confusing that is for Lucius? Because it doesn't happen right away; it happens over time. Like they describe the process where, like, the guy starts losing his hair, and then the scars start showing, and then all of a sudden it comes through. Could you imagine Lucius? One minute you're in an elder crone world and you get stabbed in the head. And then the next thing you know, it's four months later and you're on some spaceship in God knows where in the middle of like a space Marine Legion or a space Marine chapter. Can you imagine waking up in the dark angel ship and just being Lucius yeah. by yourself? You're like, <laughs> Fuck. He's going to die so many goddamn times. And you have the Raven wing. They're like, stop taking pride in the goddamn kill. Jesus. <laughs> I think he can be like, maybe if you gun him down, I don't know. Maybe you have to hit him with your sword. Would a Vindicar assassin with a long shot taking him out? No, he'd probably feel pride in that. Damn. Yeah, probably. This is like an, that's his whole job. This is like an iron tight storyline. There's like no way we can disprove that no one would feel (sighs) pride. I think the best we got is like 30 devil guns could take him down because they are. I like that idea. Or even or brainless things like uh, like Necron warriors or scarabs. If scarabs killed him, so now I just want to kind of do like a video of like different things attacking Lucius on the table. It'd be like how many like Necron warriors would it take to <laughs> like take Lucius down? How many? Not that many. No, it wouldn't really. He's a regular chaos lord. He has a farp and vulnerable if you roll hot enough. Um, but yeah, he is pretty high for me. I gotta say, um, mainly for the hot topic scarification. 
the fact that his gimmick is that every couple years he wakes up confused in an enemy ship. Um, because like, that's the thing, right? Cause like, I just thought about that. If he gets killed by like an ultramarine captain, that ultramarine captain, he's not going to like quarantine for like two to four months until Lucia shows up. And then right. what do you, what do you do with him? Does the layer sword? Do you think the, people, I mean, they don't know that that's going to happen. No. Does the layer sword and the dick whip just kind of grow out of the person too? Probably. It's probably some gross Lanesh thing. Yeah. So it's, may pull it out of his prison pocket. It's prison pocket. Absolutely. Man, so many of our Discord references coming through tonight. I love it. Um, <laughs> where would you play? Okay. So he's not as bad as Thaddeus at all. No. No. No one will ever be as bad as Thaddeus. Um, I do think he's worse than Kato, and I do think he's worse than Calder. Oh. No. Okay. Hold on a minute. Okay. He is not worse than Cato Sicarius, not in a million years. Okay, if we go by the Look, rules of chaos, where they're just worse space marines, then he is just a worse Cato Sicarius. Uh, no, I, I, I am not. I'm not agreeing to that. I can't. I, I can't agree. You know what? Why don't we let the fans decide? Okay, fair. Because so, I got to tell you, from moderating our YouTube comments for the past six months, uh, there's a lot of Kato Scarius fans out there. I don't think there's as many people who think Hot Topic uh, Penis Whip is quite as good as a random dude. God, he's such a garbage character. I don't even think he's worse than Drago. But that's because I have a special hatred in my heart for Drago. <laughs> um, Sorry, next time we're like going to do... Next time we're going to do Eldrad, it's fine. Um, <laughs> you better fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> so we're doing out there. He's like, nope. Um, so, okay. I quit. Here's my two weeks. <laughs> okay. So let's, uh, uh, a compromise. So we'll have, um, Thaddeus first lawnmower man himself. Then okay. Kato Sicarius. Then right. Lucius the eternal. Then Caldor right. Drago. Okay. I'll and, agree to that. And then whoever the fuck is fifth at this point. It's either uh, Anva, the Space Pope. Oh, I think it's Space Pope, yeah, because he's really Kais. bad. It's some, I don't remember which of those it was. It's some shitty Tau character. I think it's Space Pope because he's just a hologram. I think it's Space Pope, yeah. And we made some two-pack jokes that really resonated with me. I thought it was great. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, he's it's, not even real. It's good to get. It's good to get back to that. The worst character in Warhammer 40,000 ever. Man, keep uh, sending your suggestions in. Uh, and right now, we're just going to kind of run stuff out. Uh, we've super enjoyed doing the interviews that we've done. Uh, and what's even more yep. surprising is you guys have enjoyed it too. And we've had people reach out who want to talk to us. We have kind of like a dream list of people we want to talk to. Uh, there's also other people who reached out to us. Hey, Val, um, who we'll also talk to. <laughs> yeah, Val, that was a crack for forgetting my name. <laughs> when thanking the people that helped out with uh, the nope in this last weekend. You're welcome. Um, I did nothing. Uh, so I think our plan going forward here is to kind of do two to three interviews and then afterwards we're just going to do one of these style episodes where we'll do like a monthly roundup and just kind of chill and chat and do all kinds of uh, fun things uh thanks everyone for your feedback we've had a lot of great positive feedback uh for our interviews 
Um, if you have people you want us to talk to, uh, if you have questions you want us to, to ask people, we will absolutely ask them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and again, we'll, we'll have a lot of fun doing so. Danny, what have you got? Um, let's see. Oh, before we head out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, we had a, uh, some stream games in Juneau, Alaska. We did. Oh, yeah. Crazy cool. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because, like, we don't, like we're kind of siloed from some of the other communities in Alaska. Like obviously you can only get to Juno by flying there or taking a boat. So it's not like the easiest way to get anywhere. No, no. So, uh, no. so like seeing some people doing some stuff, uh, we started like an Alaskan discord channel, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, there's a, uh, uh, Taku tabletop is the name of the channel. Um, that's T A K U, uh, tabletop. And, uh, they play games on there. Uh, they do streaming battle reports. They've got some other battle reports on there. So definitely like check those guys out. If you have a second, um, pretty cool to see somebody else doing something in 40 K like that's not in the Anchorage Matsu yeah. area or in Fairbanks. Um, for sure. Um, yeah. we'll definitely reach out to those guys uh, and say hi and see, see what they're up to. Um, yeah. Check out all the other things. So a lot of stuff getting canceled still for COVID. Um, but be sure to check out yeah. the streams that went on for the Nopin, uh, the fairy tale story of uh, JT's uh, Dark Elder list. Uh, oh, I know, right? Almost made it all the way to the finals. Um, it did make it to the final. It was all, in the final game. The, the winner, I should say. Sorry if it wasn't. Oh yeah, for yeah, that's true. Yeah, a certain someone's uh, inability to both respect lines and Dark Eldar. Um, <laughs> No mentioning names, oh, of wow. course. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, but it was a super interesting format that, that Falcon and Val put together of having some of the best players in the world create lists and just having other people play them. Uh, and I think it really went to show player player skill and kind of knowing yep. your army and the importance of knowing your army. Because the reason, I think one of the reasons the Dark Eldar list did so well is because the people playing the army knew it. And the people playing their opponent's army didn't know the army they were playing really well. Dark Eldar beat Bash Bros. Uh, Mortarian Magnus, gone. And a really good sisters list. A bit um, of really good sisters list, but not maybe great sisters and, and chaos pilots. Sure. Which isn't saying that these people are bad players at all. These are no, 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 phenomenal players. But it really kind of goes to show the importance of getting reps in uh, and really how net listing maybe isn't the best idea. And it sounds it sounds like they've done some good uh, they've had some good ideas where uh, for next year they may try and break it up between two weekends or something like that. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know what the plan is there exactly, um, but uh, like just kind of maybe making sure that people have a second to get a handle on the army before they have to take it out on the battlefield. Well, they talked about maybe having the creators of the lists in the ears of the players during the game, which I think would be, Oh, a, okay. That'd be cool. Which would be a really cool thing. Uh, because it would remind me of like, it would be a 40 K version of Ratatouille and I'm down for that. <laughs> and we all know how much John likes Ratatouille. I do really enjoy Ratatouille. It's an underrated movie, um, about a disgusting <laughs> thing inside a kitchen. Um, so yeah, Nopen was amazing. Check out their streams at Hammer Out Cancer. Uh, their stream should be going up on YouTube any day now. Um, mm-hmm. Danny is in a lot of them. Uh, I am in some of them. 
Uh, there's some great moments in there that we provide. There are some awful quiet moments in there <laughs> I provide when uh, I have to be like, Danny, please help me. Uh, but a lot of great games going on that weekend too, including Toe Stubber, rest in peace. Uh, the the best this Lehman <laughs> Rust there could ever be. We had one of our local yeah. guys, uh, Rob, post a picture of a Lictor and a um, Broodlord. And I'm like, man, those guys are going to die in close combat with a Lehman Russ. Uh, this is all I know <laughs> from watching competitive 40K. You got to watch that thing, man. You got yeah. to watch those guys. Yeah, those close combat characters, they're going to die to a fucking tank. Um, but yeah, a lot of great games played there. Um, Frontline Gaming, they released a, a kind of a bundle deal package. I jump on that. Three majors for $220. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and they are redeemable at a BAO. A Bay Area Open, SoCal, LVO, um, all kinds of places, really just trying to build up that business. And other big news we can talk about, Danny, LVO is moving. It is no longer going to be at Bally's Casino. Yeah, they're going to yeah. do it at the uh, at the Rio. Oh, the Rio, right? And let me tell you, as soon as we know those weekend dates, Danny, how much cheaper the Rio is for hotel rooms. <laughs> especially in yeah, i'm excited about that it's a bigger world. space i guess yep um which is great they're also going to be doing a las vegas team tournament which is super um, exciting. all uh, atc yeah which is going to be super cool so i think i have a team together for that yep. uh, which i'm excited about in september how many assuming that that fires how many teams have you been asked to be on at this point just the just just a couple <laughs> how do you decide who gets the services uh, of Danny? The nick, oh, of like the who I merc machine. myself out who to. Who you merc yourself out to? Yeah, <laughs> as the fourth. Uh, the first person that asked me, I said yes, and I'm I'm I don't want to I don't want to move teams. <laughs> oh man, social awkwardness for the win. Love it. Social politeness, <laughs> I guess I should say. So, what's are like cool things happening in the world of 40k? Um, as we move uh, past uh, no cure COVID to no hospitalization COVID, which I think is our next yeah, phase. Yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, and we start to open everything back up. Uh, I'm really excited for this year to see where 40K goes, uh, what happens, all the weird... Me- you know what I'm more excited for than anything, which I know we did this whole thing and I made a sound effect for drama. Um, I'm excited for the drama to go away for the slightest goddamn thing. Yeah. Like... Remember like when water cup bumping was like a two day joke on the internet and now things like that are like month long fucking assassination pieces. Uh, (laughs) They're actually the worst people on the planet. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, They're, they're, they're monsters. I'm ready for that kind of drama to be gone and I'm ready just to see some great lists come out. I think the, the main, the main issue has been like, we're seeing one or two archetype lists for each book coming out because people are just kind of like, checking out art of war or they're checking out like play on tabletop or other streams like that. And just seeing what they're playing. Um, and they're so siloed, right? Like, right. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see kind of an increase in, in different lists played in different games played. I'm excited for Phil to come back as well. Cause your geeks gone on a small hiatus. Um, uh, yeah, same. Uh, so I'm excited for everyone to be able to come back in a safe way. What else we got? Me too. Um, I think that's it for me. Oh yeah, check on check play on tabletop. Check out that channel out if you haven't had a chance. Those battle reports are fucking fire. They're they're amazing. We um, were supposed to do some stuff with them in spring. Uh, obviously, Canada yep. being sensible won't let us at the moment. Uh, but as soon as we are legally <laughs> won't let us come into their country, yeah. As soon as we're legally allowed to, we're going to be excited to do stuff with those guys. 
Um, they produce yep. some of the best looking battle reports you're going to see. Oh my god! Um, their production the quality, quality is so incredibly is amazing. Uh, JT is, of course, a uh, a graduate of Danny McDivitt's coaching services. Uh, where he, <laughs> as he tells everyone that will hear, <laughs> he tells everyone that will hear that the yeah he is a graduate of that that program. So you know he's okay. Uh, he's a solid four two player um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I don't think I have anything else. Um, no, I think that's it for me, man. Th- th- that's it for me. Uh, we might be back in a little bit with like a yeah. a rip off of the forty k Jason show because after uh, Falcon mentioned it, the the idea of just sitting like bullshitting about random things um, seems enjoyable. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, but if we don't, then I guess we'll be back in two weeks. So let's see if we can do this this time, Danny. Because last time we didn't do great. And I don't edit, so we didn't do everything. <laughs> but uh, we'll see you in two weeks for Mob Rules. I've been John. I've been Danny. And we'll see you next time. Kill yourself.